Avery Burke. Stevie Hershoe. And I'm Jim, and this is Topic Lords, the only place on the internet you can hear topics discussed. Avery Burke, would you like to introduce yourself, or do you have anything to plug? Yes. His name, my name is Avery Burke, and tonight on a very special episode of Topic Lords, <laughs> we're going to plug the miracle of life. Aww. And then all the stuff that comes after that. Isn't a very special episode usually like when a character has a drug addiction or something and they have to be confronted? Well, in this case, it's clearly about childbirth. <laughs> oh, right. Yes. Yeah. I don't know. Things like drug addiction and whatever those episodes are about, getting cancer and stuff like that. That's all, that's all part of the miracle of life. I'm going to stop right there. My name is Stevie Hershey, and I am pregnant. <laughs> okay. Are we ready to start on some topics? Oh, please. I have never been more ready for anything in my entire life. Avery, your topic is breaking non-mammalian milk news. The arapaima, the largest freshwater fish, feeds its young with a milky white substance that has a hormone found in mammal milk. That's right. This follows on from the first time I was on your show when I talked for a very long time about pigeon milk. Yes. A classic episode. Yeah. Every every Topics Lords fan will remember and probably has bought the Pigeon Milk t-shirt. <laughs> That's the page with the yeah the most wiki edits on the Topic Lords wiki. That's right. <laughs> In case you want to go back to listen to this, uh, this is episode four, Don't Freak Out, But I'm Arresting You. <laughs> and who does not want to know about Pigeon Milk? Or really any other kind of creepy non-mammal milk. Um, in the case of... If you don't want to know about pigeon milk, write in. <laughs> Operators are standing by. The fifth caller right now will receive a free carton of pigeon milk. <laughs> Actually, in Googling this to make sure that it was real, I discovered that also the discus fish lactates. So apparently discus fish have a mucousy lactation that comes out of their pores that feeds their babies. And so rather than just abandon their babies or even eat them like most fish do, uh, they'll have babies feeding off of them. And this is referred to as lactation. Wow. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. And for this, uh, for this river fish, this is a river fish in the Amazon. It's the largest freshwater fish. If you Google pictures of it, you will see, photos of men carrying on their backs fish that are larger than they are and drinking the milk <laughs> it's a delicacy in brazil um no it's not no <laughs> <laughs> uh it apparently it comes out of pores in their in the male's head so just like pigeons the males produce the milk but from the head but from the head, just actually, just like with pigeons. Oh, but in this case, it like seeps out into the water, and uh, the young swim through it. And it's thought that it doesn't actually nourish them. It's thought that it helps with their immune systems. Yeah, so they come. It comes out of pores, just like mammal milk. Yeah, and it feeds the young, just like mammal milk. But it doesn't feed the young. You said it. What does it do? It's cosmetic milk. <laughs> That's right. It improves their complexion. <laughs> <laughs> oh, immunity. That was it. Yeah. It's just to make them look cool. I'm trying to picture with my mind's eye milk coming out of a fish's head and baby fish swimming through it, but my mind's eye is shying away. I don't see what's so difficult about that. Having a, having <laughs> a real tough time actually even conjuring the shapes and textures and colors necessary to figure out what that would be like. It's got to come out like a cloud. Yeah. I just went to the Wikipedia page for pour, and <laughs> apparently a sweat pour is only one of many different kinds of pours. <laughs> what, are the, what are the top 10 pours? <laughs> so we have a sweat pour, an anatomical structure of the skin of humans and other mammals used for secretion of sweat. We've got the hair follicle, an anatomical structure in the skin of humans and other mammals for the secretion of sebum. Of what? Sebum. Sebum. Oh, sebum. Okay. 
<laughs> I don't know how to pronounce that. And there's no, I'm just going to pretend I could read the IPA if it was there, but, but there's no IPA there either. There's a canal pore, an anatomical structure that is part of the lateral line sense system of some aquatic organisms. There's a gonopore, a genital pore present in some invertebrates, particularly insects. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I saw that video too. <laughs> There's the ozopore, the external discharge site of defensive glands in millipedes and some arachnids. Wait, millipedes can defend themselves? It's a gun. It's just a gun. Just when you thought spiders couldn't get any spiderier. It's bad enough that they have mandibles. You know, I'm okay with spiders existing as long as they don't aren't able to eat anything. That's a something of a paradox, wouldn't you say? They can't exist without eating things. Well, they can figure it out. It's not my problem. They could <laughs> absorb food or something like that in a in a gaseous form. It would be a little easier to a little easier to take. It's the moving parts that really that really are the are the troublesome bits. Right. That is my problem too. Yeah, solid state arachnids would be fine. Uh, there's one that doesn't have a name. It's an opening across both inner and outer bacterial membranes, a part of many gram-negative bacterial secretion systems. Uh, it just goes on. There's a whole list of here. We haven't we haven't gotten to ten yet, but I think that's okay. <laughs> yeah, it's a wide world of pores out there. Do you know about the velvet worm? Boy, I feel like I'm just taking us into disgusting territory right away. The v- Velvet worm? Yeah, the velvet worm. No, I don't know this. It's the closest relative to the tardigrade. It's like if you were to imagine a child's drawing of a centipede, so it's like like kind of cute and sort of blobby looking, like it's all one kind of fleshy thing with little nubby legs. Um anyway, it has guns on it. It has a uh, it produces silk like many arthropods do. Although I'm not, I don't think it's an arthropod um, and, but it's silk producing glands or pores, if you will, are situated near its mouth and it can maneuver them and it shoots the silk like silly string out of its pores in order to hit its prey. And then once immobilized, it goes over to eat its prey. So is the silk like just to, to bind them? Yeah. Like a like a magic spell like mm. spider-man it's it's like it's it's the same kind of it's like spider silk it's sticky right this is the velvet worm it does look very smooth yeah so called because it looks like it might be comfortable i a long long time ago i was with a girl who was an artist and she went through a phase where she was painting a lot of those large millipedes and i thought you know those like really big millipedes that are like the size of your forearm. Yeah, kind of like apocalyptic. I don't think I don't think I know those ones, but I'm okay with that. <laughs> I don't. I'm sorry. I don't know why I've gone off on this. Why I brought us to this to this tangent. I want to know what happened with the paintings. Um, well, the paintings were great and all, and I thought, oh, maybe she would want like a live one as a as a pet to draw from life. Uh, and I went to the local pet store where they had these things and I asked to hold one and the <laughs> guy like took one out and put it in my hand and it was all curled up and it was cold. Like it felt like a little robot or something and it started to uncoil and then it started to head towards my sleeve. I went to pull it off and the guy was like, Oh no, 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 no. Don't make any sudden movements. If you do, it'll squirt you with a substance. And I was like, is it poisonous? And the guy said, no, but it's really bad. It'll smell like almonds for like a week. And so I had to just let it crawl up my sleeve. I ended up not buying it. <laughs> that, that, that experience put, put me off of the idea of having a pet giant I have this millipede. feeling that the topic of warm milk is going to make its way into a future oh, episode. No. That's too much for if me. If it smells like almonds, it could be could pass as a, some sort of substitute. As almond milk? Yeah. It's a good thing I don't own a coffee shop anymore or i would i would be talking customers ears off about fish milk (laughs) just (laughs) not something they want to hear about you just save it for when someone comes in to debate you (laughs) how many listeners do you think are left that started the episode i have no data actually on 
on uh, what percentage of people stick through what percentage of the episode. I got no analytics on this. I only have a download number. You can't cross-reference it with like rate of people being arachnophobic or grossed out by worms or non-mammalian milk. I would need to create a survey and link people to it. Hmm. Are you not getting analytics because are you shunning analytics on purpose? I suppose I should ask. No, podcasts just don't get analytics. Like all you get is when something someone downloads your file and uh, you have no idea if they actually listen to it or not or how much. I guess that makes sense. You can't like only you two can break into people's laptops and mess around with their audio. Wiggle their way in there. I mean, few enough people listen to the show that I could probably email every one of them. <laughs> <laughs> Did you make it through the part about worm milk? Y slash N? Please let me know. Yeah, maybe we should have put this like topic towards the end of the show instead. <laughs> Are we ready for another topic? Oh, yes. Sure. Stevie, your topic is boats. Boats, I guess. Boats are in the news. Boats are in the news. Boats are topical. Well, at least one boat was. Um, that boat's 15 minutes of fame are up, but in, you know, in maybe another 15 or 20 years, we'll be a, where are they now retrospective on, on the ever given, <laughs> but I'm just thinking about other places where boats could get stuck or other things that could get stuck in canals or other famous boats. There's Bodie McBoatface. Yeah. That's, that's my favorite famous boat. English government didn't actually let it be officially named Bodie McBoatface, did they? I think they named like a a sub boat that. Oh, like it's a little buddy that comes out? <laughs> right. <laughs> the only kind of boat that can play peekaboo. <laughs> the contest was to name the boat that eventually became the RRS Sir David Attenborough. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> uh, that was supposed to be named Bodie McBoatface, but instead Bodie McBoatface is the lead is the British lead boat in a fleet of three robotic auto sub long range class of lithium battery powered autonomous underwater vehicles. Great. I feel like they just added all of that description as a consolation prize to people who voted for that cool name. Yes, yeah, so we didn't yeah. make we didn't we didn't give that name to the big boat. But look at how cool this other boat is. It's got lithium-ion batteries or something. <laughs> right. Uh, so, I read a thread about the uh, Ever Given uh, that talked about how if you want to send your boat down the Suez Canal, you're required by law to pay government-endorsed pilots to, to pilot your boat uh, down the canal. Oh, like, like the Egyptian government-endorsed pilots? Yes, yeah. So does that mean that a, a, the pilot has to be swapped out just for the canal? The original pilot has to get off the boat and then... <laughs> I believe so, yeah. Well, I don't think they get off the boat, but like they're, they're not at the helm, so to speak. And so it was probably those government-endorsed pilots' fault. Typical. Yeah. Typical government work. <laughs> the, the thread also like trash-talked the pilots quite a bit, like how they're not very good and they sexually harassed the thread author and her friends oh damn so this is a gift that just keeps on giving is so this is also a person who had to get their boat through the suez canal yeah she was a sailor that's really interesting i i feel a sense of relief because i've been feeling like um sympathetic anxiety for the pilot of are they really pilots the captain of the ever given yeah, you know, pilot and captain might be two, it's probably two separate jobs. Right. The captain is the is the one that tells the pilot what to do. Yeah. And all the dark secrets of the Suez Canal are coming out now. That company is also the same company that I guess that lost an entire boat full of uh, rubber duckies in the ocean. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there have been rubber duckies washing up. On African shores, along with along with left <laughs> along feet. with like left yeah. feet, uh -huh. yeah, <laughs> brings a little bit of levity to that situation. Yeah. Oh, uh, so so I have information here from Wikipedia: a maritime pilot, marine pilot, harbor pilot, port pilot, ship pilot, or simply pilot, 
is a mariner who maneuvers ships through dangerous or congested waters such as harbors or river mouths. Oh. So there is a, there is a title for this kind of pilot that specifically takes over for a tricky segment of the of the path, huh? Seems like it, yeah. Very specific. I think it's a Taiwanese company. Yeah, that sounds right. What was the what was it carrying? I get the impression it was carrying a lot of different things. Yeah. Like it, it, there were looked like thousands of shipping containers on there. So whatever people put in those containers, they might they might not even know. IKEA. Avery and I figured it was just IKEA furniture only. It's like a that makes sense. Small chunk of a private Swedish forest just being transported from one half of the world to the other. When the Ever Given was was finally set free, I saw people tweeting things like, "Do you miss boat Twitter?" <laughs> and then linking to uh there was a twitter account that just says hello and goodbye to ships that are leaving and arriving from the bay area <laughs> that's so delightfully um malign they're so delightfully not destructive benign is that what is that what the benign thank you I was I was gonna say malignant, and then I thought, no, that's not right. Malevolent, and then I said malign, which is exactly the opposite of what I meant to say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, there could be a Twitter bot that's just mean to boats that come into harbor and then leave. <laughs> a Twitter bot that solely harasses boats, trolls boats. Would it get banned or not? Because the boats themselves, well, they don't have any feelings, but they also can't fight back. So it's a tricky case. I bet there's got to be at least uh, a boat out there that has a Twitter account. Oh, sure. Yeah. It's just like people's pets have Twitter accounts. Companies' boats got Twitter accounts. I feel like uh, Twitter has been using more than actual human moderators lately. It's just been using AI to guess at somebody doing bad things and suspending their account. I saw this whole flurry of people being suspended because they mentioned the name of a city. <laughs> in the tweet and like the the reason of the suspension given was that it's like uh, doxing is not allowed like i guess <laughs> there was someone that was trending that lived in that city and so i think if you if you use the word kill like uh if you tell the the boat that you're going to kill them or <laughs> you're killing it out there boat <laughs> then you're going to get suspended probably <laughs> Get suspended for being nice to a boat. What does Twitter come to? Feels like it could be a fun art project of some sort. Trying to get a bunch of mass amount of tweets from various people around the world to slowly retrain the the AI that that moderates it. But you could get it so that anything about anything about boats is flagged. <laughs> the other thing I discovered about boats and the internet is that um, all these ships are just their locations are just known and public at all times. So you can go to vesselfinder.com, for example, and see like, here are all the boats. I, I don't know if it's just boats of a certain size or boats of a certain, like like if, if they're shipping boats or what have you, and you can just find their location and their, and their registered destination, <laughs> their course and their speed and their draft, whatever that means. <laughs> so... Is, is, is vesselfinder.com a, it's gotta be like, it's, it's, it's gotta be like a, a independent group, right? Like it's not associated with a government or anything or anything. I believe that's correct. Yeah. Wow. So it's just enthusiasts. Maybe there's a, um, an organization that exists like an NGO, uh, an organi organization that exists outside governments that is, is, has been tasked with, with keeping track of boats. Yeah, are there, wait, this is done automatically with like a tracking device, not like people boat watching with binoculars. Just yeah, they've got GPS. Not like constantly updating, you know, their notebooks. Yeah, they, they, have, a whole, they have a whole fleet of people that are out in small, in small dinghies all over the world waiting for boats to pass them. You know, it's for people who were really good at bird watching, but there just weren't enough birds constantly changing names and going around the world. That birds makes sense. changing names. Yeah, not sure what I meant by that. <laughs> boats don't change names either but they do have names and birds don't have names not that i know of you might know i don't know to you they don't but to their own people they have 
very long names. I've just been, the whole conversation, I've just been clicking on boats. And now this, this one's named the Sandy Bay. Status is <laughs> at anchor. <laughs> <laughs> What's its draft? Uh, 7.4 meters. Oh, wow. What, wait, what is it? Seems like a lot. Did we, did we find out what a draft is? Uh, let's see. I have no idea. And is it with an F or with a UGH? With a like UGHT. Like... You know, I found out recently that sloth and slough are two different words, even though they're spelled the same. What? What? What's slough? So it's like a swamp. It's spelled the same as slough, but it means swamp, and it's pronounced slough or slough. Gosh. And they're both current English words. Yeah. As someone with dyslexia, this kind of thing always, it feels like an inside joke everybody else has against dyslexics. Well, I didn't, it wasn't me. I didn't have the inside <laughs> joke. I just found out. <laughs> the draft of a ship, of a ship's hull is the vertical distance between the waterline and the bottom of the hull or keel. Oh, so it's like the rest of the iceberg, but of the boat. Yeah, it's the rest of the boat. Yeah. Okay. So 7.4 meters is a big boy. Yeah, it's a lot of rest of a boat. Any other good uh, boat names? Do you see any trends? Like, have boat names been going a certain way, kind of like baby names? <laughs> These don't have a, a date, of, date of naming, unfortunately. Mm. But here's the Lucky Duck 46. There's no photo. <laughs> there are 46 other Lucky Ducks. Or maybe not. Maybe that's just, it's kind of like an internet username. People just get attached to a number and use it. Lucky boat. Right. There was, I found out recently that snowplows have names. Oh, yeah. Yes. At least they do in Scotland. As mandated by the government? Uh, I don't know if that's required or maybe that's the, the big inside joke slash conspiracy is all snowplow operators or manufacturers, I guess. Who, who gets to name the snowplow? In fact, who gets to name the boat? Okay, so the Department of Transportation in Minnesota just had a, or by, by just, I mean, it was the first hit on, on Google, had a name a slope snowplow contest. <laughs> and the top eight winners, and apparently they were actually actually named this, Plowy McPlowface. <laughs> oh, just going to plow right past you. <laughs> duck, duck, orange truck. Plow Bunyan, <laughs> Snowby Juan Kenobi, <laughs> F. Salt Fitzgerald, <laughs> Darth Blader, and the truck formerly known as Plow. Holy crap, that one's great. <laughs> wow. Uh, and then there's like 30 more names that didn't make the cut. Maybe just a taste? <laughs> Ain't snow stopping us now. <laughs> God. Blizzard of Oz. <laughs> Wait, is is it? Oh, it, I was gonna say, is it Oz spelled like Ozzy Osbourne? But it's Ozzy. Yeah, Sir plows a lot. Yeah, some of these are not bad, but like they didn't get the votes. Anyway, that's how uh, that's how Minnesota names their plows. Oh, uh, Scotland's names theirs with puns too. Apparently, it was Scotland, right? And they were all yeah, it was, it was Scotland. Yeah, there was a lot of salt puns. I'm not from a snowy. I'm not. I'm from San Francisco. So I don't know what how you deal with snow, really. But I guess you got to salt roads that have snow on it. Yeah, yeah. You, you bring a hair dryer with you. You plug it into the cigarette lighter, and then you attach it to the front of the car, so it just points down at the like. You attach it to the bumper, so it points down at the snow in front of you. That's automatic. I like when that. the snow gets really bad, you need one for each tire. <laughs> <laughs> wow. And when the uh, power cable gets too tangled up, you have to pull over and fix it and start driving again. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, most people don't bother though, but they, they sometimes you get a ticket like the the cop is like, "Oh, you got to handle that tangle, buddy." <laughs> are uh, are you aware that your cables are tangled, sir? <laughs> I'm gonna have to write you a fix a ticket for that. Are we ready for another topic? Yeah, dude. Let's my topic is Angle Grinder Man. Do you guys know about Angle Grinder Man? <laughs> no, but I love the sound of it. <laughs> so I'm going to send you this, the Angle Grinder Man's link on the Real Life Superheroes Wiki. I'm really happy that there is one of those. Oh, good. This is a Real Life Superhero? 
So Engel Grinderman was a guy who, so in, in Britain at the time and probably still, though, I don't know if somebody decided your car was parked illegally, they could put wheel clamps on it. So you'd have to pay them to unlock it. So before you could even drive your car, you'd have to pay to get your clamps removed. When you say someone. Uh, so it, apparently this was the police, but it could also be done by private security companies, I guess. Wow. That's not cool. Yeah, it's pretty fucked up. And or you could call Angle Grinder Man, <laughs> who would who took house calls, would fly out there with his cape, I guess, and would use his angle grinder to remove the wheel clamps. You know, of course I went immediately to the gallery. He has a mask, but it looks like for a couple of pictures he's even taking his mask off to do the angle grinding, which feels totally backwards. Removing his anonymity and his safety. Like, here's a... This is just a picture of his face. Like, what's fucked up about this is that, like, the police were like, if you know this guy, turn him in. When, like, his website and phone number were public. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like superheroes making house calls is a is a bad precedent. Yeah, like, even if they couldn't, you know, get his name off of the domain registration information they could have like called him and said hey we need help come uh, come grind our wheel clamps and then arrested him when he showed up but he operated for two years and was never apprehended wow and his mission was taken up by wheel clamp man in australia <laughs> <laughs> oh i like wheel clamp man's costume a lot oh wow he looks like a he looks like a construction luigi i like this guy whoa yeah, he, so it's all green for the listeners at home, all green spandex, a green hard hat, a red domino mask, and what appears to be, yes, a fake mustache, maybe? That's definitely a fake mustache. This is very good. Huh. And I assume he does the same thing as Wheel, as, as Angle Grinder Man. Yeah, yeah, he's even got the same action shot of, like, yeah. grinding... <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> yeah, he's grinding the... It looks like he's grinding his knee, but that can't it be right. <laughs> he's so strong that he can grind his own knee off and not feel it. I really appreciate that people have taken the time to keep track of the status of the super of the superhero. Uh, Wheel Clamp Man is apparently inactive. Angle Grinder Man has retired. If you're going to be a real-life superhero, this seems like the way to go. There was another... There's a real-life superhero from uh, Seattle named Phoenix Jones who turned out to be an MMA fighter, and he ran, like, an entire crew of superheroes and only took, like, people that had some kind of combat or military training. And what ended up happening was they, like, for a little while, they were even kind of working in with the police. But then at some point, they misidentified that like a group of people having fun were actually attacking someone or something like that. And so these like people are out at Seattle in Seattle, just kind of partying. And then all of a sudden a whole bunch of costume people descend on them and start beating them up. Oh my God. And so they fight back. And then there's just like this huge brawl with these, with these, uh, costumed heroes and the, these completely innocent people. That's really funny. <laughs> This is a problem with police too. True. Uh, yes. Yeah, yeah. If you're just if you're just sticking to doing one thing like freeing people's cars, then you're not gonna accidentally hurt innocent people. <laughs> right. I, yeah, I mean luckily I've never been attacked by a superhero. Yeah, I was gonna say I've never been harassed by poli police to you know, to to that degree, but uh but if if I were in a city that uh, is not my home and People in costumes were running after me. I feel like my grip on reality might very quickly loosen. Yes. Yeah. For other uses of man, see man disambiguates. Bear Man is a real-life superhero in Southern California. He is a member of the Extreme Justice League, spelled X-T-R-E-M-E. -E. I'm curious and slightly worried to find out what the Extreme Justice League is. Well, let me just send you a picture of Bear Man. Is it more like Extreme Football League or more like Extreme Elvis? Whoa, sick costume, Bear Man. <laughs> yeah. 
So Bear Man's costume is a hoodie and then like one of those gator things that you can use instead of a mask. And there are, are what appear to be cardboard cutout ears. This is a very afterthought of it. This is a guy that showed up to the Extreme Justice League and someone was like, we all have to have a theme. He's like, all right, give me a minute. He comes back with this costume. I'm Bear Man. <laughs> yeah, I wonder, like, does does he do things that are related to bears? Does he steal honey or something? Only eat salmon. He only eats salmon. That's why they call me Bear Man. He's wearing, I only eat salmon. <laughs> <laughs> He's wearing a mask that's cu- that's tightly covering his face, but it's... It's one of those sort of thin, form-fitting masks so you can see that he's smiling for the picture. Huh. Well, I didn't know there was a whole world of real-life superheroes. There are several different Batmans. Potoski Batman has been arrested twice. Once in 2011 and again in 2012. That's all it says about this guy. His name is Potoski Batman. Potoski Batman, we salute you. Uh, Are we ready for another topic? Yeah. Let's keep oh, him I coming. I feel like I could get lost in this in his wiki, but yeah, yeah. This this is something to perhaps come back to at some point. Uh, so this topic, we're going to watch uh, the music video for "Safety Dance" by Men Without Hats at one quarter speed. I'm excited. A little while ago, I realized that I had forgotten the theme or the uh, the melody to "Safety Dance," and I could only remember it as the Humpty Dance. Like the safety <laughs> dance is your chance to be safe. It's safety do dance. Do rear, a do rear, a do rear, a do rear. Do the safety safe. I recommend that you turn off sound because uh, because YouTube's time stretching is not great. Their sound quality. I'm gonna turn it way down. Just have a just have a pinch of it, just in case. I've turned it all the way down. So I'll count down and I'll count down from three and on zero we hit play. Okay. Three, two, one, play. I was wrong about the sound. <laughs> you don't want to have a taste of it? <laughs> no, I spat, I spat it right back out. Oh, we're in a beautiful, luscious <laughs> meadow. Tall, tall grass. Yeah, really enjoying this tall grass. This kind of gives you a on the... Whoa! Oh, it lo- really liked that he was going to punch that, that little person. Yeah. Yeah. Well, also, first of all, there's a costume thing happening. There's, they're seem to be wearing some sort of Renaissance clothing. They're running. Do they have a destination or are they frolicking? I don't think they're frolicking. Or are they fleeing? One of them just tripped, so maybe they are kind of panicking. This is really tall grass. Yeah. Is that a head on a stick? Is that a yeah, bear it's head a sheep on a stick? Head. <laughs> oh, they're smiling. Okay, they're not, they're not in any danger, I think. Boy, the lead singer of Men Without Hats is handsome. You know, you know how in a, a Lucky Luke comic you'll see a, a skull of like a bison on the ground? Yes. I think it was yeah. one of those, but except on a stick. Mm-hmm. Very nicely, very nice prop stone wall. Yeah, a bunch of old-timey looking rocks. You don't think they found an actual stone wall for this? Uh... <laughs> I assumed that they built it just for this video. <laughs> Could be. You don't think it's at Hadrian's Wall? Without the music, it really looks like they're really angry with each yeah, other. it really yeah. looks like they're screaming in each other's faces. The color scheme <laughs> makes me think that the loot player in the band is wearing a Pikachu costume, like a cheap Halloween one. This has a. This feels much more dangerous. Whoa. Somebody just popped into vision that wasn't there before. That was, even at quarter speed, kind of shocking. <laughs> this is kind of hypnotic. There's some people, there's... A little person dressed in a jester's outfit and a woman dressed in like Renaissance fair outfit. And they're bouncing. They're probably dancing, but at half speed, they're sort of floating together down the. Yeah. Yeah, It's like they're dancing on the moon. Yeah. If I had to smile for as long as they're, they're smiling very intensely. Oh, geez. Really intensely and keeping it up for the whole time. I, I wonder if their faces got really sore it's like extreme expressions of joy they're bursting with bursting with excitement and love that they have to hold for minutes on end yeah yeah in slow motion it does look like they're very angry like it looks like this guy's walking through a town screaming at everyone yeah (laughs) 
All right. So this is a real town somewhere, right? Because there are like, these are all old timey, like medieval stone houses, but they've got nice new gates around them and they've got modern windows on them. Yeah, we have more stone walls, so I may have been wrong about the custom building that one small one. <laughs> no, no, I think they built the whole the whole thing. Yeah, this honestly could be just probably any town in Europe. Yeah, you mean like not not only just the stone walls, but like the little person in a jester outfit and a bunch of people in in period costumes jumping around. I assume they're all in the band. <laughs> now there's a whole bunch of people dancing in a line, but again. In slow motion, it looks ominous. Like, yeah, I get a very mid midsummer feeling from this. <laughs> it's even more ritualistic seeming than it probably already would have seemed. Also, she hasn't stopped jumping since she appeared on screen like a couple minutes ago. Yeah, that takes a lot of physical energy to jump around like that. I know, I've seen you do it. He kind of looks like, oh crap, all of a sudden I forgot his name. Darth Vader. Uh, Hayden Christensen. He kind of looks like oh. Hayden Christensen. It's the hair. Yeah, it, well, it's the hair and it's the fact that he's kind of looks like he's shouting in anger. <laughs> yeah, he's not pouting. I forget the word. Oh, man, this really does seem ritualistic. They're like wearing the crowd is wearing animal masks and like bright red bandanas and stuff. Yeah, I think they're doing the safety dance now. Oh, they all just made the S shape with their arms. So, oh, and they're doing it again. S for safety. I feel like this might be the only media in which I've which has tried to portray this sort of um, like the springtime festival as uh, adorable and rustic rather than terrifying. Yeah. Like slow motion like this. So like there's this big shot of the entire village and all of these people that are probably supposed to be dancing in a line, but it looks like they're very slowly walking in unison while the camera very slowly pans in on them and it just looks incredibly ominous. I'm guessing right. yeah. that the well, message of this movie is, or of this video, is that the, this uh, traditional dance from this remote part of Switzerland or Norway or wherever this is, is actually the safety dance. Yeah. It may be that um, the, the the actors in this video were trying to deliver a message to us to like to stay away from this fertility <laughs> ritual. And they're like, okay, if, if as long as they watch it at one quarter speed with no sound, they're going to understand our message. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, if you watch it, wait, does it look like a whole group of people is in black and white? Mm. It kind of does, but I think that's just their outfits. Okay, yeah, yeah it just looks like looks like the top corner of the sc- or the top right hand corner is somehow in black and white, while everything else is in color. That's a funny trick, but uh, yeah, I think it's just that they happen to be wearing black pants and white shirts. I hear I hear that if you sync this up to Dark Side of the Moon, it really works. <laughs> <laughs> the other thing I'm wondering is if. All it takes to make the the fertility ritual seem peppy and 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 rustic is to play it at four times speed with the safety dance over it. Could you do that with Midsummer and it would be d- delightful? <laughs> <laughs> play it like twenty times as fast and oh look, Punch and Judy. Yeah, it really looks like she's losing her goddamn mind. <laughs> Somebody's getting oh the band the lute player from the band's getting spanked. Yeah, they're really beating up on that little person. Yeah. It really looks like like it looks like he can't find the court jester guy or the girl and he's like terrified and he's running through the crowd screaming their names <laughs> while everybody else is And and they're of course they're directly behind him. Yeah. This is very much like uh did you ever see um Orfeo Negro? Uh no. It's uh it's a Brazilian um, retelling of the Orpheus myth, and for a lot of it, Orpheus is Orpheus is a samba bossa nova player, and for a lot of it, he's being chased by Death through Carnival, and Death is just a guy, like a really really creepy guy in a completely black spandex outfit. <laughs> the safety dance singer uh, to me it looks more like he's the only one in control. And he's conducting everyone around him, commanding them to <laughs> to swing around the maypole and to spank each other and to give each other rides and put on hotline Miami masks. And he's he keeps his arms raised up like he's a kind of a he's got a cult leader feel to me right now. He's shouting at everyone, dance faster, faster, make love in front of me. 
more makeup, <laughs> more costumes. Smile. Don't stop smiling or you'll be executed. He seems like his smile has completely faded and he's, and he's screaming at people now. He really looks like he's yelling at everyone. Yeah, there's no... Because we can't tell what the rhythm is right now. So we just see him like clearly using his lung power to say things very loudly <laughs> at other people. He's the only one that's not smiling too. The little person is not smiling either now. I don't think there's any loot in this song. Yeah. What the hell do you say? That's, dude, it's all fake. Whoa. Suddenly. Wait, what is happening now? That ended on like a real note. Wait, also, we wouldn't have caught that if it didn't go at quarter speed. <laughs> That's the end of the video. I'm not even sure that those black and white images were supposed to be part of the music video. The, uh, yeah, we're seeing like, I'm not even sure what these are. Is that like a torpedo? There was a bomb being dropped or something, or a torpedo. Yeah. Yeah, there's a plane, and there's some dudes talking, and it looks like a bomb. And then and there's there's some dudes, like, on a haystack. And then there's more planes. And then there's people with a horse. And that may actually be, like, a political commentary. Like when Sinead O'Connor ripped up a photo of the Pope. <laughs> oh... Yeah, I bet this got the men without hats excommunicated. Right. It does look like a. it's like just a very split second of very trenchant seeming political commentary about something all at the very end of this video. Yeah. I don't know what it is, but it got me thinking. Huh. That was an engaging experience. Now I'm trying to, to see if I can track down what those vi what those images are. I want to say that it's something about... No, I really don't know. I was going to say something about like the firebombing of Dresden, but that's just because the everybody in Lederhosen is making me think of uh, Germanic culture. It also may be that like Safety Dance is secretly about that. <laughs> I, would, I would so love it if it turned out that Safety Dance was some kind of extremely serious political commentary like did you know that the band chumba wumba is like an <laughs> yeah. anarchist collective yeah. <laughs> like i never in a million years would i have through their music thought that they were doing some kind of serious political art yeah 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 that's one verse is just naming the drinks they drink yes <laughs> Well, each one of those drinks is like a metaphor for uh, how capitalism s steals the soul from, from the exploited workers. So I went to Genius.com and every, every uh, annotation is about pogoing, which is apparently a, a dance called pogoing that was popular in nightclubs that involved holding your arms by your side and jumping up and down as if on a pogo stick. Oh. Finally, a dance I can get into. So, pogoing is the actual safety dance? But it doesn't, it doesn't say what this has to do with the song. It's just like annotating the song with this information. What is the song Safety Dance really about? Cora. The writer-performer Yvonne Dorschuk has explained that safety dance is a protest against bouncers Stopping dancers pogoing to 1980s new wave music in clubs. Oh, my wow. goodness. Okay, so it did have something to do with that. He explained it is not an anti-nuclear protest song per se, despite the nuclear imagery at the end of the video. So that is part of the original video then. Well, per se? Why did, why did he say per se? Uh, he didn't say that. That's, that's not in the quote. And people misuse per se all the time, so who knows what, what that actually means. Yeah. No one speaks Latin anymore, so we'll never know. Right. Hmm. I could look at this reference. Oh, no, that's a video. Fuck that. I'm not watching a video. We just watched a video. I've had my fill. I would not consider them a punk band. I like the other questions under this. What is the song Fat Bottom Girls really about? <laughs> <laughs> uh, are we ready for another topic? Yeah. We've defeated all the topics so far. Bring on another one. Stevie, your topic is music generated by food. <laughs> oh, man. Can't believe I put a food-related topic. Never do that. You're confronting your peers, Stevie. T tell me. I need you to hear it. it. I need to hear it. 
would be a better person for this. Do you uh, have a food fear? Not like a just in general fear of food? No, it's not a fear. Well, it's well, it's not something to talk about on Topic Lords. But somebody did send me a video recently of uh, some sensors that are hooked up to a, a, a pan full of popcorn. Uh, and uh, every time it popped, it triggered a drum hit on a drum kit. And of course, it speeds up more and more and more as the popcorn really gets going. So more and more and more drum hits hit. It's a full drum kit with cymbals. And so there's randomly a cymbal and a tom and a snare and a kick all being hit. And it just sounds like free jazz drumming. And how does it choose which, which cymbal which, or which drum to hit? Don't know. Didn't look into it, but now I'm wondering. It looks to me like there, there's a series of um, sensors that are hanging over the pot, the popcorn pot. Mm-hmm. Why does it sound wrong? Popcorn pot. Popcorn pot. Popcorn pot. Popcorn vessel. The popcorn vessel. And it looks to me like each uh, sensor triggers a different triggers a different drum or cymbal. I think that's how it decides. And then like the intensity of the popcorn impact corresponds to the intensity of the uh, hit on the drum. Mm-hmm. That's the way to do it. It is disturbingly like if you had uh, not told me that that was generated by popcorn, it just sounds like it sounds very much like normal free jazz drumming. So I was hoping you were going to talk about Beans, Beans, the musical fruit. Oh, you know, I wanted you to arrive to that conclusion yourself. Um, <laughs> and here we are. Yeah. See, sensors hooked up. <laughs> sensors hooked up to food are not the is not the only way to make food based music. The food could be, the food could just be caloric fuel. Mm-hmm. For the music. It's true. I guess all music is food-based, really. Yeah, you know, but humans' music has really been done to death. We've been singing since we've had mouths. <laughs> yes, I'm done with that shit. I'm also sort of related. I'm also thinking about other uses for popcorn. Like, I'm surprised that security engineers, you know, haven't... Well, maybe they have used popcorn as, like, a, a real-world source of randomness. Cloudflare has, or had, I don't know, a bunch of lava lamps in their office that they use for cryptographic entropy. I feel like popcorn would be a good source of that too, although it lasts a lot shorter. Uh, that's funny. But you, you could totally get real randomness out of popcorn, right? Like it's a, it's a chaotic system. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's a free jazz system. I don't know. But you could uh, point a, a camera at a wall of lava lamps and have random numbers forever, not just for like two minutes. Sure, but you can't eat them afterwards. Yeah, exactly. You can't salt it and chomp it down. Right. Being able to distinguish between randomly generated free jazz and regular free jazz reminds me of, I was in the BART station once and I thought I heard like just an experimental saxophone. And I thought, wow, that's really cool. And it's also kind of like, brave of somebody to decide to go out and panhandle but do like atonal experimental stuff because not that many people are going to be into that and so i decided to go find that person and give them some money and as i walked towards the source of the sound it turned out to be a uh like a squeaky belt on the um escalator (laughs) (laughs) and did you tip it (laughs) (laughs) i sent you the uh the video. All right, I'm I'm playing it now. We're sitting in rapt silence for Jim's approval. This reminds me of the game Ape Out. <laughs> I haven't played it. What's Ape Out? Ape Out is a um it's a game where you play a gorilla escaping from a zoo, um, but the interesting, the thing that I thought was most interesting about it is that the the soundtrack is entirely procedural, and there's an AI drummer that um, tries to to match the action. That's pretty good. I like that. That sounds awesome. You ever heard of the vegetable orchestra? No. No. Instruments are made of vegetables. 
Oh, that's way cooler than what I was thinking. <laughs> Which is just a bunch of vegetables sitting there. <laughs> it's just a bunch of vegetables. Not doing a very good job of playing their instruments. Uh, please, though, I, I'm. Please tell me about your vegetable orchestra. It's really kind of it. That, like the music is actually pretty good, um, and it's it's one of those things that you wouldn't know that the instruments were made of vegetables unless you saw them perform. And they're like, it's a lot of wood, it's a lot of flutes and stuff. So I think they do like a lot of taking a, a zucchini and hollowing it out and then putting holes in it and blowing into it. Yeah. Um, and there's a lot of thudding noises, which I think are probably made out of squash or something. Yeah, I think if you dry out like an eggplant, it would be a good idiophone to something like, hmm. But a lot of it has to do with drying and hollowing. Yeah, probably. Because there's, I mean, I guess gourds. In Africa, almost every instrument seems to be made out of a gourd, which people also used to eat a lot of. Gourds. Not just for eating, not just for decoration. It makes sense that you you had a bunch of them laying around. Eventually, you would think to start hitting one or put a string across one. Maybe if you're lucky, the seeds dry out separately from the gourd itself, and then it rattles. Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't just have to be acoustic music generated by food. I guess you could make a... It could be music in your mouth. Uh, it could... <laughs> it's music to my mouth. <laughs> uh, to some music, maybe. I would say you could make like a, you know, a potato battery to power your otherwise not food-related electronic instruments. <laughs> Is that cheating? Oh, I really like that idea. I really like the idea of being on stage with a synthesizer and there's just a whole bunch of potatoes in front of it that all have wires coming out of it like a potato clock. Yeah, but the <laughs> fluctuations of voltage would give it some real character, you know? Well, I mean, there's a lot of people who will tell you they can hear the difference between potato music and, and uh, digital music, but those people are crazy because it's like not quite in the range of hearing the difference, you know? No, if you, have you, have you ever seen those like eBay postings for like those potato potato covered cables, you know? Make it sound warmer. Yeah, that's just a ripoff. They charge you way too much. This is hype. It seems like it would work and it also be delicious. Don't get sucked into that hype. It's it's nonsense. In A-B testing, people can't tell the difference between a potato and a computer. <laughs> what if you deep fry it first? <laughs> <laughs> well, you can taste the difference. <laughs> we have time for one more topic. Avery, your topic is... Ron Gallagher, who toured small clubs doing his his famous brother's act, eventually resulting in a lawsuit and the estrangement of Leo Gallagher, the famous Gallagher, from his family. I'm beginning to feel like my topics are like the topic title is pretty much the entire self-contained story. Like I'm doing topics wrong. <laughs> I heard about this. You did. Apparently, Ron Gallagher, he was kind of the fuck up of the family. But he was able to, he learned to do the the Gallagher act. And yeah, he went through training and learned the Gallagher act. He learned the Gallagher dance. And uh, Gallagher Sr. agreed to let him do the act on tour as long as he made it clear in promotional material that it wasn't the the, the real Gallagher. And by Gallagher... 100%, yeah. Gallagher look- Sr., you mean the, the other Gallagher... Gallagher Prime... Oh, uh, yeah. Gallagher Prime. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, and they, they look alike. And so it was like they were franchising the Gallagher Act. And then Gallagher, what's the opposite of Prime? Gallagher Beta? Beta Gallagher? <laughs> um, beta Cuck Gallagher? <laughs> yes, Beta Cuck Gallagher. This is not going where I was hoping. A beta Cuck Gallagher started touring as toured as Gallagher right. too. Right. T O O. Yeah. Um, but then gradually started like phasing out the distinguishing <laughs> two and started making it less and less apparent that it wasn't the real Gallagher. And then started claiming that he had invented some of Gallagher's famous routines. Oh, wow. and, I hadn't heard and that then part. His brother yeah, his brother sent a few cease and desist, desist orders to him, but he just kept going as, as Gallagher too. And it was at a time, there was a time in the history of this country, in the history of the world, where Gallagher was the most popular stand-up comedian in the United States. 
Oh, wow. I didn't know that either. What time was that, though? I assume it was a small window in the in like the, the early 80s. Because it seems like the kind of thing that would happen given the drugs that people were taking in the 80s. Mostly watermelon. <laughs> we were all doing watermelon in the 80s. That's why we thought Gallagher was king. <laughs> people were fucking wasted on watermelon all the time. Yeah, Gallagher Prime sent cease and desist letters to his brother and then ended up taking his brother to court. And it was this like prolonged court battle. And during the prolonged court battle, Gallagher's, the famous Gallagher's family sided with the younger Gallagher. And now the famous Gallagher is estranged from his family because of this court case. Yeah, it seems, uh, I mean, the kid just wanted a job. Yeah, it's like a Greek tragedy. <laughs> it's, 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 it's fascinating to me. And then older Gallagher poked his own eyes out. Horror. Well, now older Gallagher is like a... Older Gallagher is turned to like one of those comedians who's like a, the, the, the PC left won't let you make good jokes anymore kind of guy. Like he was interviewed by... Uh, oh, God. I'm forgetting people's names. Who's like one, one of the biggest podcasts? Um, Arnold Schwarzenegger. This will come to me later. Anyways, interviewed on a on a on a podcast and uh, got in a fight with the uh, Mark Marin. He was interviewed on Mark oh, Marin's podcast, and he got yeah, you were very close. Mark Marin, Arnold Schwarzenegger, they're they're almost the same person. <laughs> and uh, he eventually he and Mark Marin got in a fight, and he like walked out on Mark Marin. And and the younger brother, so the younger brother has ended up with like the love of family, and the older brother has ended up with. Uh, legal rights over an act that involves smashing a watermelon with a sledgehammer and otherwise seems to have become an embittered person. Uh, according to this, he lost nearly all of his fortune in stock market speculation. <laughs> well, that's a shame. The two Gallagher's uh, look very much alike. So it's very, it's, it's definitely plausible that the younger Gallagher could uh, go on tour as, as the older Gallagher. Look, Ronnie, we love you and we believe in you and you've done a great job. But your brother is just going <laughs> through some things and that's why we're going to side with him in court. Just let Leo work, <laughs> damn it. Why can't you ha at least let, them, let him have this one thing for once? He doesn't get to have this sort of thing very often. This is, a, this is where all those hashtag let, let Leo work, uh, <laughs> with like when that was trending. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it took Twitter down for a while, you know. Yeah. I, for some reason, when I picture Ron Gallagher, what sticks out to me in my mind is his hair and his voice. Oh, yeah, definitely. He, I don't think I could call, call his voice to mind, but his look is very specific. Yes, yeah. And a lot of it has to do with his hair, hair and mustache combination. And again, his brother has the same hair mustache combination. And the floppy hat. All you got to do is put a floppy hat on top of that, and, and it's 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 Gallagher. I feel like Gallagher was popular at a time when the ALF TV show was also popular. You think they're related? Just like <laughs> we didn't quite have a handle on what what entertainment was back then. I feel like there are different kinds of moonshots. Yeah, that's a good way to, to put fair, it. I haven't Gallagher. Is, Gallagher, I haven't I haven't seen mallets really being used in anything in real life, only in cartoons. Until Gallagher, ones of that size. Just to have an act where there's a splash zone, where you have to, the front of the audience and several several seats back has to have a tarp over them or something, or, or because it wasn't just watermelons. He also he smashed all kinds of household items. Honeydews. Oh, I thought it was just melon. <laughs> all sorts of wet things. <laughs> Honeydews, laptop. Computers. I bet he. I bet he smashed some fish. Yeah. Oh man. Gasoline. I'm trying to find photos of Ron Gallagher, and I keep seeing photos of David Gallagher. <laughs> Wait, is David a third? A third sibling? No, he was. He was that. He was an actor on. He was on like the WB show. A Gallagher comedian is the Wikipedia page for for Leo Gallagher. He's known mononymously. That's that's something, man. <laughs> uh, that's all the time we have for Topic Lords. 
Stevie, if this is something that you want, where can people find you on the internet? You can find me mononymously on the internet, just like Gallagher. Well, you probably could if you tried. Um, hryx.net website that I haven't updated in a few years, and I'm really not using Twitter much anymore, so that's about it. And Avery, if this is something that you want, where can people find you on the internet? Look for my album on Spotify. It will be up on Spotify soon. The, all the paperwork is filled out. They send you paperwork? Yeah. Mm-hmm. They send you like a whole package. You got to fill it out in triplicate. Yeah, I was about to say that. You have to sign it in triplicate, but then I stopped because I, I, I realized that I don't quite remember what it means to sign something in triplicate. That means you have to do it three times. <laughs> oh, all right then. Wait, is that when you have like you have like the sensitive paper underneath the top paper and you sign it and there's like carbon a- paper? I think that yeah. I think it used in triplicate used to literally mean you needed to do it three times, but then someone invented carbon paper. It was the paper it was the paper metaphor for the for the pop up dialogue that says, Are you sure? Are you sure? You bet you're sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh thanks so much for being on. Thank you for being Thank you. on or under us, whatever the term is. Thank you for being under us. You're welcome. <laughs> Hi, this is Jim. This is the audio I append to every episode of Topic Lords. Congratulations to our newly anointed lords. If you'd like more people to hear the show, you can tell your friends about it or rate and review us on whatever podcast service you use. You can add content to the Topic Bucket by emailing topicbucket at topiclords.com. You can contribute to our Patreon at patreon.com slash topiclords. Patrons get episodes a week early, and you get access to the Topic Lords Discord, where you can discuss topics with all the lords that hang out in there. See you next episode.